0: Hi there, and welcome to Global Heart Church. Uh, I'm Jared Keene, the senior pastor, and wherever you are tuning in from around the world today, really, really hope and pray that in our planning of this message that it's going to really inspire you for the great journey that you are on and uh, for the great calling that you have in your own life. So enjoy the message and really pray that it's a blessing to you today.
1: Hey, I'm excited to speak today on something I'm passionate about, something I'm very passionate about, sex and relationships. And... uh, so, uh, sorry, I, I paused a bit too long there, but, um, but I, I really am excited to speak on this because there's such great value in it, and uh, Jordan, uh, you guys can take your seats, actually, you guys take your seats, you're leaning in today, kind of ready for it today, but as Jordan said, I've been here a long time in church, I've been one of the pastors here for or oh, 16 years, I've been on staff now, and I've uh, been in church for 21 years, I didn't grow up in a Christian family. So I uh, didn't grow up uh, with any of that. We uh, came over from England. We were kind of more of a party family than a Christian family, if you're going to put a term on it. I was a partying teenager, and then uh, came into church, and God really touched my life, and uh, married to the beautiful Jasmine, who is my best friend, and uh, she's a great, great lady. Uh, she, she inspires me to go forward, and she's a great woman of God, and I love her. I've got three beautiful daughters, Sienna, 10. Indiana, nine, and Zara, six. I do know my kids' ages, and, and, and uh, there's a lot of talking that goes on in my house, and there's also a lot of pink in my house. So uh, pray for me. Uh, give me strength for this next season. But it's probably a good time to pray, actually. So let's pray. Let's pray. And uh, Lord Jesus, we just thank you you're here, God. And we thank you you're going to speak through me. You're going to speak to us all in this uh, very important area of relationships, God. And I, I just pray, help us to do it well, firstly with you, And then with other people, God, and let us flourish in this area, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Like I said, I I do love this area. Uh, I'm naturally a people person. I get energized when I'm around people. Do we have any people, people in here? We've got seven or eight people. with us. That's good. That's good. Yeah, all right. I might need to work some more up here. Um, But the good news is we're all actually people, people. We are all actually people, people. God's designed us to be with people. You may be different personality-wise, but you're designed to be in relationship with people and to do that. Well, and, and God actually says it's the most important thing. It's the most important thing, and uh, relationships, that is. And, and when Jesus was asked, in the, in the Old Testament, in the New Testament, coming into the New Testament, there were over 600 laws of how to get closer to God and how to draw closer to God. And Jesus was asked, they said to him, well, well what's the most important one, Jesus? How can we get closer to you? And, and this is what his response was. He said, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And this is the first and the greatest commandment. So relationship with God is that first and greatest commandment. Then secondly, and this, this is what it says, and secondly, it's equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. And I love this. What is Jesus saying here? He's saying, hey, if you do these two things, well, firstly, you love me. Firstly, get your heart right with me. Get your heart set on me. Then from that place, you love other people and get your hearts right with people. Everything will fall into place. I love calling this like the top button scripture. If you get the top button in place, all the other ones fall into place. If you don't get the top button done up right, all the other ones are slightly off and they're not going to work. But I want to encourage us, God does have that design for relationships. He does have the way that it does work, and there is a way that it doesn't work. And in our culture, there's a big attack on relationships. And uh, the enemy wants us not to do well in this area, but God wants us to flourish in this area so that as we grow, we're able to grow older, free from pain, free from struggle, free from regret, free from all these things that people struggle with and go forward in strength. So, how do relationships work? How do they go forward? I'm going to talk a little bit on uh, different, different aspects of relationships today. But uh, here's the main kind of order of things if you're going to look at it from, a, I guess, a Christian perspective. It might come up on the screen. Firstly, you start you're single. Then you move into dating. Sometimes you stop at single. Some people are called to be single, so you don't have to be all of these things. Uh, then you move into dating. If we get this up on the screen, that'd be great so people could see it. Uh, then you move into engaged. Then you move into married. Then you're able to have sex then you're able to have kids. So single, dating, engaged, married, sex, kids. Sounds pretty normal. Uh, but the way things often happen now is, is kind of more like this. It's more like single, sex, dating, sex, child, marriage, divorce, single, dating, sex, and it kind of goes on. And we wonder why we struggle in these areas. And, uh, but there's people from all different places in this place, all different areas. You may be single right now. And you may have done that really well, you may be dating, you may be married with kids, you may be married without kids, and you may even be like, well, actually, I'm a bit more like that second list you just described, rather than the first list that was described. And uh, that's okay, that's okay, God can restore, and God can give you a new start today if you listen and open up. So I just want to give you a few keys on relationships, are you okay with that? Just a few keys to help you. There's so much. I could talk on a year on this, and, uh, and Jordan said you're not allowed to take too much time because we need to have lunch, so I won't. But, uh, but I'm, uh, I'm going to talk on a few things, but hopefully allow God to speak to you in certain areas. Don't try and take everything today, but take something for you that will help you. So number one, number one thing we need to do is uh, get a God vision for relationships, for healthy relationships. You know, we have vision and goals for so many different things in life, and uh, uh, different things, it's our career, it's our study, we want to get certain things, we have all these uh, in what house we want to buy, all these type of things, we have goals and vision, and there's a big thing around at the moment called relationship goals, and, uh, which is a good thing, but often we don't take time to set what what is my vision for relationships, what is my vision for goals and, and, and planning in this area? and uh it's very important that we do do this sometimes it is hard in this area if you haven't had it modeled well so we live in like a culture like i said where it hasn't been modeled well often there's been when i was a kid if you were from divorce family you were the odd one out and uh and you were kind of looked at differently by well, the time I was in high school, you were kind of normal, and now today it's, it's more the norm to be from a divorced family or from a broken family, and it is to be from a loving and together family in that way. So sometimes it's hard to get a good vision if you hadn't seen that modelled and uh, seen that happen in life. And, uh, and sometimes people say, hey, things like, hey, well, it's just to say, isn't it 50% of people in church uh, get divorced as well? And, and if you actually look into it deeper, it's, uh, it, when they do studies on people who are committed to church, who are there consistently in church and serving in church and giving in church. It actually drops well below 10%, well below 10%. So there is a real correlation between that. But you know, my vision as a teenager before I came into church on relationships, are you ready for it? It was, here I am, ladies, come get me. That, that was kind of it. That was a, it was a long-term vision. And uh, luckily, there weren't too many takers at that time. And uh, it's, uh, it was kind of help in that way. But, uh, but really with vision, like if my vision was short term, I'm just thinking tonight or this weekend or things like that, that was my relationship. And I think, oh, they'll sort out in the future and they'll all go right in the future. But that's what we have when there's no vision. Uh, but this is what the Bible says in Proverbs 29:18. It says this, it says, where there is no vision, no revelation of God and His Word, the people are unrestrained, but happy and blessed is he who keeps the law of God. And what is the law of God? It's what we said just before. is love God, love people. You'll be happy and blessed if you love God, love people. But if you've got no vision in there, you'll be unrestrained. You'll do anything. You'll do whatever. And it won't go well for you in that place. So we need God's vision and we need God's plan in this area. And you know, when I started coming to church, I was 18. Oh, my voice is breaking. I'm going back to my teen years. I was uh, 18, nearly 19 at the time. And uh, I remember coming in and and I I really, God had really touched my life. And I'm like, God, I really want to go after you. My vision started to change in that way. I started to hear messages like this and many others of of loving God, giving to people, things like that, seeing uh, dating and and, uh, people dating well and doing all these type of things. And I thought, man, I I actually do desire that now. I remember what it was doing, forming a vision in me of what it should be. And I started to desire that. But I remember after a few years, I wasn't dating yet and uh I remember i, I didn't say it outright like this, but I think I just went through a season where I'm like I want a girlfriend now, and uh started to draw away from that uh things like my my granddad would phone up from England and say Luke, is uh he's uh, he does like girls, doesn't he <laughs> because <laughs> in england if you uh if you didn't have a he if you didn't have a girlfriend and you're twenty two it's like what is wrong with you it's uh, it's kind of not normal. And, uh, and I started feeling like I probably should have one right now, and I started to go through a stage where I was just checking out a bunch of the girls, and uh, compared to what I was doing before I was a Christian, it was probably quite, uh, I, was, I was kind of more like an angel, but, but, but compared to where I should have been, I was, it wasn't anything major, I didn't overstep majorly, but I knew I was overstepping in different ways, your thought life was being affected by it, different things like that, and I remember this one night, I had this. Um, I was watching a movie. I'm not going to tell you the movie because you'll probably laugh at me if I told you the name of it. It did star Adam Sandler in it, but uh, but he was he was the main character in it. It was playing a um, was playing a bit of a dropkick really. He didn't have much going for him, and uh, but the good thing he did have he liked this girl, and he was honoring her. He chased after. Her, he gave to her. He didn't want anything back really, and he really treated her well. And I remember. God really spoke to me at the end of this movie, and I felt a bit like Balaam when the donkey spoke to him. I was like, this movie's speaking to me. And he said, this guy is better in this area than you are. And I was like, whew. And it really hit me. And I remember just, it really impacted me. And I remember I lived out with a couple of boys at that time, and I remember going into my room. And just just repenting really and saying sorry, God, I don't, I don't want to do that. And uh, I I wasn't a writer back then. I've never I was never I never wrote much at all. But I remember writing five pages of just of God, I, I don't want to be like this anymore, and, and God, the next girl I look at in that way, I want, I want that to be the one I date, and I'll marry, and I pray the same for her, that she'll, uh, that we'll both chase after you, that we'll, we'll be strong in you, that we'll come together, that we'll be effective for you in the future, and I started writing all this stuff, I pray that when we have kids, they'll be loving you, they'll grow up, so, and I was writing all this down, I remember I got to the end of it, and uh, I, I got to the end, and there's one last thing I felt like God was saying to me. And, and I wrote it down. It took me about five minutes to write it. And I said, "And God, if you call me to be single, I'm okay with that. And then quickly in brackets after I wrote, but if you want me to get if I'm able to get married, that would be really good. <laughs> that, that was a... But you know what it was doing? It was realigning my vision again of, God, I'm not doing things the right way. I need to do it your way in that sense. So I... Um, I... Uh, it, don't let it get to an Adam Sandler movie to sort you out but but, uh, but it was realigning my vision and something switched there and the next girl I did look at in that way I, I, it, was, it was different and it was jazz and we dated and we married and, and things went forward and uh, we've, we've been able to do that so I want to encourage you to get a vision in this area and don't just take on what your parents have done and you may have had great things from your parents, I had some really good things from my parents but there's other things you, you don't want to take on in, in all of us, whether you've had non-Christian parents or whether you had Christian parents, you want to go, God what, what what is the vision you have for my life and does it line up with your words to really make me keep going forward and keep growing in you so don't keep doing what your family do and continue to have vision i want to say if you're married here it doesn't start that, that wasn't my last vision about relationships and it just stopped there but me and Jazz, when we got together, we wrote down stuff that we wanted to see as, as, as married couple, that we want to uh, always be putting God's house first, that we always want to raise our kids in God's house, that we want to be open to doing what God wants us to do. We want to be generous, and we started to write these things down. At the start of each year, we write these things down, and we, we write down what do we want to see, how have we gone now, and, and what do we want to see this year? So I encourage you, if you lost a bit of vision for your family, sit down. Sit down separately and together and write down, God, who have you called us to be as a couple? And uh, see what God does do. So get get vision. Get God vision for your life. Number two, know your season and give your best in that season. Know your season and give your best in it. Yeah. You know, life is full of seasons. Ecclesiastes says there's a season for everything. And uh, sometimes... We look at our season, we go, I don't like this season. Or we look at the chapter we're in in life and we're like, oh, I want to be on chapter 7 rather than chapter 2 right now. Or I want to be on chapter 2 rather than chapter 7 right now. It could be all different ways. But when you know your season you're at, and you adjust and grow into that season, it's amazing how you safeguard yourself and you're able to really go forward. I, I want to talk to the single people right now. With the single people don't just kind of go, I'm just going to be on pause until I get married, then I'll go forward. Really, in this time, develop your character. Develop your character. Chase after God. Develop things like generosity, integrity. Develop things like um, uh, faithfulness and diligence, things like how, how to do a budget well, how to be effective in some of these areas. Because if you can do that well yourself, you're going to bring strength into a relationship, and you're going to do that well. Often we don't do that well, though. We, we, we kind of go, I'll wait till... Uh, later. If you're getting older and you're still single, I want to encourage you, you're not a, single, you're not a half of a person. You're not half a person. So don't feel that way. It's, uh, you may have a desire to get married and, and, and that is good. Keep, keep hold of that if that is there. But, but just go, God, I'm not, gonna, I'm not half a person until I find that person. I'm a full person who is able to go forward. But sometimes there is stuff, if you're single here and you, and you have a desire, sometimes it's stuff we need to change. I remember catching up with a young guy one time and he, he actually wasn't so young anymore. And I said, he said, I, I don't know why I don't have a girlfriend right now. And, and we went through and he had a part-time job and no car, he's living at home with his parents and, and, and really no like kind of desire to really go for it, a bit aimless in a sense. And I said, look... You really need to start getting your life on track. Maybe get a job or a career that you want, you're passionate for and you want to maybe study, do some of these type of things. And he said to me, I don't want a, a girl that just wants me for my money or for this or for that. And I said, no, no, it's not about that. It's about you getting purpose and vision for your own life, which you don't have right now. You don't have that right now. So you need to work on that. For some people, it's like, hey, I need to maybe uh, dress a little bit better and, 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 and have a bath sometimes, have a shower sometimes, some of these type of things. It's I need to smile sometimes and get joy in my heart so that I'm able to really uh, attract the right people in and really go forward. So really uh, work on that, and uh, hopefully something comes that you attract in. Um, I heard this said by someone as well to do with seasons. Um, They said to me that the 20s is really exciting because you're getting a new job, a new car, you're starting a career, you're probably starting dating, you're probably maybe getting married, getting a house, all these type of things is exciting. You've got a lot of disposable income, you're able to do whatever you want. Then you get to your 30s and it's routine. It's like you've normally had kids by that point or around that time and it's I get up, I feed the kids, I get the kids ready, I take the kids to school, I go to work, I come home from work, I feed the kids, I put the kids to bed, I tidy up the house and I go to bed and I go, whew, and then I wake up and I do the same thing again. Often you don't have as much disposable income, you don't have as much disposable time. I'm depressing myself right now, actually I, I'm not in my 30s anymore, I've just moved into my 40s, so that's the, uh, it's, uh, 40 is the new 30 I just heard. But often then in your 40s, often people, the kids are grown up a bit more. They're not as dependent anymore, and, uh, and you're kind of looking for a new challenge, a new thing. You've been successful maybe in your career, successful in uh, different areas. So you look for something new. And this is where people have, uh, they sometimes it's a midlife crisis with a new sports car, or a new Harley-Davidson. Uh, which isn't probably the best, but it's not the worst either. But you don't want it to be a new wife or a new husband. That's where you want to kind of get away. And, 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 and there is reality in that, where you need to be careful in these seasons. Because if you don't guard yourself in these seasons, you end up struggling. I remember uh, when we were in the um, uh, engaged and early married season, me and Jazz just loved it. A lot of people say we found it really hard. We were like, we love it. This is amazing. And we really did well. Then we had kids. And uh, I loved our kids, and I still love our kids, but it was uh, not as amazing as it was. <laughs> it's, uh, it's just, uh, we'll talk about sex a bit later on, but th- things like that. But you you get, you get, don't feel as close, and you don't feel, and you get a bit more stressed and a bit angry, or not angry with each other. Jazz got angry with me. I, I was, no, you're okay. No, I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking. But I remember that when we had our third child, she had chronic reflux and uh, colic. And uh, Zara, she's an awesome little girl. But I remember she had it for seven months. She, she would wake up every hour, uh, 45 minutes to an hour. Once a day, she would sleep for two hours. So that was for seven months. And we both still worked. We both still did all our stuff. And she would vomit all of her food. So five times pretty much every feed, she would vomit. We'd get we'd vomit over our clothes, towels, whatever it was. And then we'd have to put her to bed. And about 45 minutes to an hour later, she'd be stirring again. I remember after about five and a half months, we got to this place of... I remember just one day, we we're both sitting on the couch, and we'd just put her down half an hour before, and she started going, uh, uh, and that sound to us kind of, I get PTSD just thinking about it right now, no. Yeah, so, um, that, that, that to us, really, it just brought up stress and anxiety, we're like, and we'd say things like, God, can you let this baby sleep? God, you parted the Red Sea, but you can't give us like two hours of peace. I think I did more overtime in that time at work than I've ever done before, and so no, no. I didn't really. I didn't really. <laughs> but, uh, but I remember we sat there that day and we said to each other, we are getting a bit titchy with each other and a bit kind of funny with each other. In, uh, you're just a bit short with each other, really. And we said, hey, we need to change something here. Um, and we came up with a plan. We just said, let's, let's speak life over her when we go in there. We went in there. And we said, God, we thank you for Zara. Rather than be quiet, stop crying, It was. we thank you for Zara. Thank you, she's called by you, God. Thank you, she's a gift to us. Thank you. She, we've got three beautiful daughters. Thank you, they're going to grow up and live great lives for you. They're going to live awesome lives. And we started to just speak life over her and into her. And uh, we thank you, this is just the season, which it was. And uh, we just spoke that. Do you know, she kept crying. Nothing changed in the physical, in the natural, but something switched in us completely. That didn't just set us up for that next couple of months... It really set us up, really, for, for the years to come. It breaks something in you where you're like, no, when I'm going through that, I need to be thankful for what I do have, not f- focusing on what I don't have. So, so know your season, know your season, and give your best in it. Know your season, give your best in it. Number three, relationships are all about giving, giving, and more giving. And uh, Acts twenty thirty five says this: You should remember the words of the Lord Jesus. It is more blessed to give than receive. Who agrees with that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know. I know most of you don't. Uh, most of it. I'm, I'm a pastor, and I hardly ever get a couple come to me, or a husband maybe come to me and go, "My marriage isn't doing well because I haven't been putting enough into it and meeting her needs enough." It's always. My marriage isn't doing well because she's not doing this for me, not doing that for me. He's not doing this for me. And, and it's, it's along that way. And that can be our default where it's not about giving. It's about what am I not getting from this? What am I not getting from this place? And we need to make our default really, hey, I'm giving. To the husbands here, Jesus actually says, hey, be like Jesus was to the church where he gave his life, lay down his life. That's the level of giving God talks about with marriage and with family and, and things like that, where I'm completely unselfish in that way. And I often say to people who are getting married, hey, when you're getting married, aim to give 100% each. Not I give 50, you give 50, we meet in the middle. But if, if you give 100 and I give 100, then we're both giving 100 and we're both receiving 100 and it actually does really work well. So a couple of things in giving to each other. Uh, be, this is for marriages. Be each other's greatest encouragers. Be each other's greatest encouragers. Do you know it's so easy to find the faults in people rather than find the gold in people? And uh, it really is. And, and, and there's a scripture that it, it, in Song of Songs, uh, 2.15, it says, Catch for us the foxes, the little foxes that ruin the vineyard, our vineyards that are in bloom. So saying when, you, when your relationship's in bloom and doing well, I think it's things like this, the, these little foxes, where it's rather than seeing the gold, you actually see the the little nitpicky things that are wrong with people in that way, and you're like, oh, this isn't, this isn't good in that way. So I want to encourage you, um, do that well. Me and Jazz have struggled in this in, in some ways. Jazz is a perfectionist by nature. She's very bubbly, very warm, very fun, uh, but she's very perfectionist. If she gets 98% in a test, she'll be like, oh, I didn't get 100, where was that 2%? And she'll be more like that. If I get 98% in a test, I'll be like, woo, <laughs> let's party, let's... And, uh but she will do that, but then she will naturally do that with other things as well so she she's hard on herself, see she ends up being hard on on me. Uh, pray for no no but just uh, just um, in that way but but then for me i like things done the way i like them done as well so for me if they're not done that way i'm like oh that annoys me and i can nitpick and and kind of uh, do that as well so we need to make sure we don't do these things and uh, don't do these things and realize that we're both different realize that we're both different so we both i think some families they they don't mean to do it wrong they just do it their way and it doesn't impact the other person me and Jazz are complete opposites in many ways. We grew up in different families. She had a Navy dad and a German, very choleric and, and very um, detailed mum. I had a uh, very laid-back uh, mum and dad who were very impulsive. We moved country six times. We moved house about 30 times. We, we were just uh, very... But we were just different. When I came home, family is like, it's relaxed time. Enjoy, it's peace. Home is the haven. When Jazz came home, it was, hey, let's get the jobs done, get everything done. We were just different. But we had to show love in the right way to each other. Um, it, Ross and Amber the other week talked about love languages. My love language is the opposite to Jazz's. Her best one is acts of service, which is where you do things and clean the house or do different things. Mine is physical touch. Her lowest one is physical touch and uh, it, it, vice versa. But I think God makes us different and attracts us to different people for two reasons. He, he wants us to, our strengths to work together, number one, so we complement each other. But number two, it makes us serve each other. I don't want to clean the house to show love. I want to give her a hug. She doesn't want to give me a hug. She wants to clean the house and and things like that. But it'd be like me buying jazz and like an NBA league pass for Christmas and saying, hey, you love basketball, don't you? And she's like, no, I don't love that. People look at you and go, what the heck is wrong with you? And uh, what what I needed to learn was, uh, and this is how sometimes it would outwork. I would come home, Jazz would have been, she would clean the house, she would kind of cleaned all the windows, I sorted out your wardrobe for you, made it all like this, and your drawers and everything like that, and she would be expecting me to say, oh, thanks so much, and I love you, come here, and I would go, uh, oh, you look pretty tired, I guess we're not going to do much tonight, and did you spend any time with the kids, and that was, that was my kind of thing, and, uh, and, and then I'd be thinking, you didn't do this for me, you did this for you, and this, this would be the way it would kind of go. And uh, we had to kind of align on that. And we're not going to switch personalities. We're not going to switch. I'm never going to be the, uh, the, I'm not going to feel love through acts of service, really, at all. And she's probably not with physical touch. She kind of, she punches me if I come to it. No, no, I'm joking. She, she's great. She's awesome. But, um, but, but we need to learn to love each other and give to each other. Not just our married couple, but in life. All these things, all relationships are the same at heart they're about giving. They're about being selfless and giving to other people. So no matter what one it is, uh, they're very important. I, I better keep moving them um, onto my last uh, key, I guess, in this way. Um, and this is, uh, I actually, I'll just say one more thing. Giving up requires, uh, giving requires giving up. It takes sacrifice. And um, uh, for me, one of the things I had to give up a bit was sport. No, sorry, men, if you, you can erase this from a Uh, But I had to let go of some of the sport things. I used to love sport and doing, playing it, watching it, different things like that. But I had to pull back in that in seasons. And we have to give up certain things and sacrifice certain things to make the marriage and these things work. So uh, another thing uh, to do with giving, though, there is a reward to giving. And this is point number four. And uh, it may come up on the screen. But this is, let's talk about sex. Let's talk about sex. The reason I did this in giving is because if you do point number three well, you'll probably do well in point number four. And uh, all the men are like, what was that point number three? I didn't take notes in that one. <laughs> I need to go back and listen to that again. And, uh, but, uh, but if you do point number three well, and you create a cultivate a marriage of giving to each other, of, of caring for each other, of showing uh, generosity to each other, it's amazing how this area flows on from that and really works from that. But often we're like, we, we, we don't do that and then we expect it and it's not coming in the way we want it to or how we want it to come and it doesn't work. You know, funny this week, talking on sex, uh, I had a relationships book, Relationships, Dating and Sex in my uh, on the bench I left it. Someone gave it to me recently. I thought, oh, it's probably a good time to read it. And our, one of our children came up and said, what's sex? She saw the book, and Jazz was like, oh, we better talk to her about that, actually. And uh, so we had the chat with her and, and a proud dad moment. She went, that's disgusting. <laughs> oh, she, yeah, you have to get do it, no clothes on. And, like, she just kind of, she put two and two together. She's quite, she's like, oh, and I'm like, that's good, that's good. Stay that way for a long time. <laughs> But, uh, but that, was, that was a good moment for me as a dad. But sex in the right place is a gift. It's a place of ultimate intimacy, ultimate vulnerability with each other where you're able to share and give to each other in a, in a great way. It's not dirty. In the right way, it's not dirty. If you grew up in a place where it wasn't done well or, like it, or stuff has happened... Um, you have to work through some of that. But in in God's design, it's not dirty. It's designed for marriage. So if you're dating right now, I want to encourage you to put boundaries in place so that you don't struggle in this area. Because if you do... um Do not do that area well. You don't move into marriage well. I know for me and Jazz, we would have things in like a a curfew where she lived at home. So I'd tell her dad, hey, I'm getting her home by this time. And uh, we would do that. We wouldn't be in a house alone together because we were like, well, anything can happen there. And we would do things like that. And some of these boundaries we put in place that were really saying, hey, I want to honor you and do things the best way. That really helped. Sex is also mutual and consensual as well. Don't, don't, um, and, and it's not a manipulation tool. It's in marriage, don't, don't use it as if you do this for me, you get this or you, you know what I mean, in, in that set type of sense. It should be a place where you come together and uh, do these things more, well. But ultimately, sex, uh, I want to say this, sex is valuable and giving, not cheap and taking. God's design is value and giving and then it's been perver- perverted into cheap and taking. And this is the last thing I just want to talk on. Uh, it, with that perversion, casual sex is huge, breakdown of family is huge, but one big thing is pornography has really taken over a couple of stats on pornography you can just kind of read through these if you want but stats on pornography 35% of internet downloads are pornographic 70% of men 18 to 24 visit porn sites regularly the largest consumer group is 35 to 49 year old men and one third of all porn users are women as well so it's, it's across the board it's rampant and why is this bad why is this bad? Because really it takes what God made as good and perverts it and makes it cheap. So we need to make sure, hey, uh, it's like a drug. It becomes addictive too, where you get addicted to it and you actually don't do well with it. And uh, uh, this is what the Bible says in, in 1 Corinthians 6:12. It says, you say I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything is good for you. And even though I'm allowed to do anything, I must not become a slave to anything. And pornography is one of those things you become a slave to. This is talking about sexual sin. And actually says later on, run from it and uh, don't let your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. And sexual sin is worse than the others because it's a sin against your body and against other people. And uh, I want to encourage you, if you're not married, run from that area. If you're struggling with pornography right now, I'm going to give you one tip. Talk to someone about it. Talk to someone about it. Get some help on that because it brings shame. It brings condemnation. You retreat from people. You retreat from God. You retreat from relationships. And then you take into your marriage and you may be married here and struggling with it. Still talk to someone on it and get help because God wants to restore and take you forward in that area. He wants to bring a restoration. And this isn't just pornography. This is any area in your life. I want to encourage you. God has a great plan. If you've messed up, if you've messed up in this area and you're like, God, I, I'm, I'm a mess in this area. I'm not doing well. My marriage isn't going well right now. I'm single and I'm not doing well. I'm dating. I'm not doing well. I want to encourage you to run to God right now. Repent if you need to. And, and what is repent is saying, sorry, God, and, and I'm going to change that now. Get a vision for it from God and allow God to restore and then talk to someone about it along the process as well. Is that cool? Is that cool? I'll finish there because I'm out of time now. But what I want to do is just stand
0: and I'd love just to pray for you. Just Thank you so much for joining us online today. Really great to have you with us. And special thanks to those also who give online. Your generosity is making the way for others to hear the message of Jesus, both here in Australia and around the world. If you enjoyed today's message, I'd love to encourage you to share this message with a friend, a workmate, a family member. And let's believe together that it will powerfully impact their life for good in Jesus' name. If you're unable to be with us at one of our church locations, uh, both here in Australia and around the world, please join us online every Sunday for Global Heart at Home on YouTube. God bless and have a great week.